Hello and welcome back to The Loyal Suns Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Follow us there. Follow us here. The pit sports content you won't want to miss. The Loyal Suns Show. Safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. You love surprise four-star commitments and hate nothing. It's a beautiful Monday. We have off work. We hate nothing. This is the place for you. We welcome you back. It's Memorial Day. We're recording this week's episode. Everyone's off work. It's a sunshiny day outside. And last weekend of May, but we got some good news before May headed out and then hoping for a lot more good news coming in June. June's a heavy month for recruiting, getting these football recruits on campus. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm Dylan. I have my co-host with me, Squid and David. Guys, how are we feeling after this weekend? Holiday weekend. A little bit spent, feel, but it was great. I feel pretty good. Pretty good. I went to that uh, that music festival in Hartwood Acres, and that was pretty sweet. I hope they do that every year. The only thing I've ever heard of Hartwood Acres doing is the Christmas lights. So when everyone said they were going to a music festival there, I was a bit thrown off. Yeah, I um, my only experience with Hartwood Acres before this was um, we would run cross country there in middle school. So already that is a very heavy check mark against the place in terms of like the joy I can derive from being there. Um, but then we also had a Gaelic football practice there a couple times last year. And that was miserable because it was six inches of mud and uh, I hadn't run for six months before it. So before this weekend, I had only felt pain being at Hartwood acres. Um, but they had a really good lineup. It was pretty cheap. And, uh, uh, the Revivalists are the greatest band of all time, it would appear. They're kind of like Zeppelin, if Zeppelin was just better. Interesting. Squid, how did you, you spend the weekend? Oh, we had a big old golf scramble on Sunday. Um, it was a, a day full of golf swings, uh, some made putts, a lot of beers drank. Uh, we'll leave it at that. I don't know if you can tell how sunburned I am, but my arms are quite stingy to the touch, but that's the way Memorial Day weekend is supposed to be. Wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, if you leave Memorial Weekend without a hangover and a sunburn, you probably didn't do it right. Um, But enough of that, enough of our weekend excursions. We've got a big month coming up for Pitt football. Bunch of official visits scheduled, and this is always the month where we get really, really excited about some some of our future Panthers. Yeah, so uh, this is going to be a particularly big June for your Panthers. Um, Do either of you want to guess how many blue chip recruits are going to be uh, visiting Oakland over the next four weeks? What's your qualification for blue chip? Are you going four star and up? Four star and up. You seem optimistic, so I'm going to say... I'll say six. Give me 10. Dylan is the closest. It's a little bit of a trick question. So if you want to go according to rivals, we have uh, eight four-star prospects visiting this month. Um, Rivals is notoriously pretty stingy with like good ratings, um, especially when it's someone who's genuinely interested in going to the University of Pittsburgh. That always takes you down a couple points. Um, But if you go by across all recruiting services, there will be 11 four star plus recruits visiting the university of Pittsburgh in June. 
I do not have a statistical uh, framework for how much that is relative to previous years, but it feels like a lot. It feels like an excessive amount for our program. And that is cool. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job of getting high-level players on campus, getting them scheduled. And the the feeling around the PIT program always is if you can get those guys on campus, you have a pretty good chance at landing them. So more shots on goal, get get as many of those guys on campus as we can. And I, I think it'll be a pretty fun gym. Narduzzi's been cooking this offseason. He's, he's, he's got some things in the works, and I think we – well on our way to a pretty impressive class. I mean, the 2024 class is off to a great start already. Jasir Whittington, uh, Darius mm-hmm. Farmer, those guys. So it's, I, I think this can be a really special class. I saw that we have a guy visiting and his Twitter name uh, is Megatron. He's a four-star receiver. He's like top 30 in the country. So I'm very excited about that, if nothing else. But I know last year, after a wave of decommitments later, in the recruiting cycle, people wonder if they change their recruiting philosophy, maybe do something a little bit later in the year or change how they do the June because it's a long time to stay committed from June all the way until um, you're officially on campus. But it seems like the pit staff really likes these June visits. I mean, it's beautiful, no better time to see the city. And then let's make it a big spectacle to where it's an experience. You're not just walking around. Mom and dad, I, I like how they do it. They have some success. So look out for the pad signals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much flexibility they have because June is one of the only official visit windows, but I know Pitt more than most other programs really, really puts the onus on June and kind of, I don't want to say making, but like convincing guys that to put, you know, I don't want to say pen to paper because that's a January thing, but like commit on the spot in June. Yeah, you um, can say, look, there's five other receivers here. We like mm-hmm. you. Do you want to come to Pitt? Better do it now because there's four other guys out there in that cafeteria. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what they've been doing. Um, I mean, nothing much more you can say other than keep your fingers crossed uh, the rest of the month. Um, this is a great time starting today to put your Twitter notifications on for Pat and Arduzzi. Cause like, I, I remember last year sitting in a restaurant um, like on a Friday night in June and my phone just blowing up because Narduzzi was on an absolute tear. And it was, it was about as, as excited as you can get me in June for anything. It's just a great, great feelings. Everyone buzzing, trying to figure out who, what, what these emojis mean. Who could it be? You know, decoding. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a fun time. It's there's always that wave of commitments that come in, and it's like everyone playing, playing the game of what seventeen year old decided to come to pit and trying to do our research, reaching out to people we know with connections, looking up the Panther layer board, seeing what's going on. So can't wait for that to come through. Um, but some other recruiting news is we'll pivot off of this is Jeff Capel's still doing this thing on the recruiting trail. We thought the 2024 class, 2023 class would have been solidified by this point. Thought they were going to roll with the three freshmen they were bringing in. 
But sometimes when a four-star big man becomes available late in the process, that's a little too hard to pass up, and you go and get him. And that's exactly what Jeff Capel did with Papa Conte. Uh, four-star center, 6'10", from South Kent Prep. Uh, same high school as Gilbert Brown, by the way. Same prep school. Uh, pretty sure Gil had something to do with the recruiting here. So shout out to him. And th- this was a big one. I, I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. We saw a tweet from a guy who doesn't have a profile picture. And everyone on Pitt Twitter was like, "What is this real? What happened here? Who Who is this guy? Does he know what he's talking about? And it turned out to be legit. And... Papa signed his national letter of intent the next day, and this solidifies a really, really good recruiting class for Jeff Cable. I'm not sure what more he could ask for in a recruiting class. You have two four-star guards, Marlon Barnes, who's just exactly what you wanted a a wingman nowadays in the end or in the NCAA, and then you top it off with a very, very high upside center that fits this new uh, play style that everyone's playing in college basketball. There's no more back to the basket guys, unless you have like a freak like Zach Eady, Papa Conte. He looks like another Federico kind of guy, rim runner, fast, athletic. He looks super bouncy. So whether he plays right away, who knows, but it's nice that he might not have to, because we have a couple other massive human beings on the roster, but it'll be exciting to see, that we have another option. All I can say is thoughts and prayers to the poor big men of the ACC who will think that they have been offered manna from heaven when Guillermo Diaz Graham and Federico Federico head towards the bench and then they have to stare down the barrel of Jorge and Papa Conte coming off the bench. Like, yeah, imagine I- how demoralizing of a feeling that's going to be. Yeah, it, it'll be exciting to see how this front court shakes out. The uh, United Nations, as I saw someone call it. We've got <laughs> Federico from Finland. We've got the Diaz Graham twins from the Canary Islands in Spain. And Papa is a, a native of Senegal. So this is uh, Jeff Cable's searching far and wide for the biggest, <laughs> tallest, most athletic guys he can find. And he's doing a good job with it. So it never, never hurts to add a guy who's 6'10" and has four stars next to his recruiting profile. So this this was just a little jolt in the arm Pitt fans needed in the in the middle of the summer, middle of the spring recruiting period. Um, I, I think Pitt might still be trying to solidify that last scholarship with a another veteran guard that sh- struck out on Noah Thomason, who ended up committing to Georgia. But, hey, if you can add a guy like this, it's not something you pass up. So um, for those of us that haven't been following along, uh, how was Papa Conte, which just incredible name. We are we are assembling an all name team uh, here in Pittsburgh. What what made him available for uh, for the picking in late May? Yeah, so he was initially a Michigan Wolverines commit uh, was signed, sealed, delivered to go to Ann Arbor. And then he actually had to request a release from his letter of intent because some issues with his admissions. Uh, Michigan actually wouldn't admit him to the university as as is. Um, I think they have some pretty strict. I, I don't want to be wrong here, but like language requirements. 
Yes, that's what we what we were hearing, you know, in in the pit circles. Um, and again, really want to stress that this is not a confirmed thing. But we aren't journalists, so we can just kind of say stuff. It's fine. Um, but uh, apparently, Michigan as a state, like from the state level, has really high relative to other states requirements for your English language skills in order to get admission. Uh, to its public universities and being Senegalese and English being his second language, uh, Kante, um, and have we settled on pronunciation for that? Kante, Kante, whatever. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, apparently he didn't satisfy those requirements, which struck me as really, really weird because isn't the whole point of college to educate people and learn? Yeah, learn how so. to learn skills you did not have before you walked onto campus. Very strange to me, a little xenophobic, but um, to our benefit. So I, if that is true, um, I'm not upset. And I'd, I'd believe that over like, oh, he's just bad at school because as great of a school as Michigan is, uh, it ain't easy to get into either. It's actually... Isn't the only guy Michigan's lost in this offseason due to admission stuff? Caleb Love tried to transfer to Michigan and some credit requirements at Michigan just didn't allow allow for that to go through, which is honestly pretty crazy to me. I, I feel like college athletics, like they just kind of you can do whatever and they'll figure out a way to get you into the school. Um, well, you have to remember it's North Carolina we're talking about. They didn't learn their lesson from making <laughs> the football and basketball team take uh, elementary level how to make a paper football 101 <laughs> and act like that was breathing 200 level yeah so that that could be a part of it too so caleb love's still floating out there uh i'm, I'm sure Jawan howard isn't too pleased that his ambitions in the office is just derailing his recruiting in the offseason i'm sure there will be some discussions had but yeah so all in all works out for us we we get a four-star recruit out of it and uh this so from my perspective like typically if you're adding any four-star guys you're thinking especially at Pitt, who has been down for the last few years come big comeback this past season but you think like that's a guy who's gonna come in and play for us a lot right away but like with this year's team i'm looking at i'm like there's three six eleven guys ahead of Pablo. like he might be able to just come along slowly who who knows how much he'll really be able to push his way onto the court with those other big guys ahead of him and obviously that's got to be something he's cool with because i imagine jeff capel uh was up front with that during the onboarding process like hey we've got We've got Federico Federico, the most improved player in the ACC, followed by these two absolute specimens uh, from the Canary Islands. So we're going to develop you and, and get you in, in in small doses. You aren't going to be our guy right away. And, you know, obviously he had to have agreed to that. So it's pretty cool if he if he bought what what Jeff Capel's building. Yeah, it was definitely a need. If you looked at the end of the season when Federico was out, we were playing the Diaz Grams almost every minute. And even Guillermo after that Mississippi state playing game said that he was like absolutely dead. He was like laying on the floor in the locker room. I think he said that's because you can't do that at division one 
level as a freshman unless you are a one and done guy. Even those guys will probably struggle with being in that great of shape to play as a big man. So if they can give Papa Conte like eight minutes a game, if someone's in foul trouble or someone gets banged up, I think that's great. He can go out there, go all out, just plug that hole. Yeah, or even best case scenario, he's so good that he just forced they have to find a way to play him. And that's a that's a Not good problem. That. Yeah, that's a good problem to have if they yeah. you just have too many good players that some good players have to play less. That's it's a great problem to have. Um and with that, I, I do want to get ahead of this before like next season rolls around and some of these freshmen aren't playing too much, and you have the people saying, like, well, Capel needs to play them if or they're just gonna transfer. Probably, if I had to bet, I'd say at least one of these freshmen, maybe even two of them, end up transferring after one year. And that's just the way college basketball is right now. If you if you don't see yourself seeing the floor right away. Um, Them's I the hope, breaks. Yeah, I, I hope that's not the case. But we're going to have a roster, a pretty good mix of young guys and veterans on this roster. So you're going to play who you think can help you win. And if those young guys aren't ready to do it yet, not going to throw them into the rotation. Pitt's finally in a position where they don't have to throw those young guys into the rotation too early, uh, which is a which is a nice little change of pace. And, and like that's the Brad a, Wanamaker days. Just give him like four more minutes each year, and the production will increase, and eventually he's your starting all-conference guard. Yeah, I think that sometimes when I watch and like look at some of these old Pitt rosters, it's like you have guys like. Ashton Gibbs and Brad Wanamaker, who are playing like six minutes a game as freshmen, 10 minutes a game. And maybe in today's day and age, those guys would have transferred after a year and tried to, you know, they would have got fed up. But um, it's a, you know, I'm player empowerment, all for it. It's good for those right. guys. But it does, it is a completely different game than it was even six years ago. Now, now we're gonna put a put a pin in in that real quick as as we kind of start to look back towards the uh, the golden days of of pit basketball because we have we have a a fun segment coming up for you guys in that regard. Um, but before we get to it, I kind of wanted to ask now having another four star come in, Jeff Capel pulling another huge recruit out of his ass, uh, Chef Capel cooking it up. He's clearly building something in Oakland. What does this mean for the future of the program? Like, I know we printed the shirts that said back in pit script, but that was because we wanted money. Do we actually think that I guess pit basketball back is Jeff Capel doing the damn thing? Cause it kind of feels like it to me. Yeah. I, we've had this discussion about what back means several times, but I think pits back in terms of, being a competitive, nationally relevant team who can compete to be in the tournament every year, I think they're well on their way to that. But there has to be some type of sustained success. Like we have right. to see them be good again this year. Because as fun as it has been seeing the freshmen that they're bringing in and the transfers that they're landing, there's still a lot of unproven commodities there. There's are these guys going to gel together? I mean, from last year's team. Federico and we're still waiting on the Blake Henson announcement. I'm not panicking yet. He has a couple of days to announce that he'll be coming back to Pitt or going to the NBA. Um, but assuming Blake comes back, it's Blake and Federico as the guys who really played a lot of minutes last year. And then mm -hmm. Diaz Grams play a little more, um, especially Guillermo at, at the end of the season out of necessity. But 
you've got pretty much an entire new rotation of guys. So you you hope that what Jeff Jeff Capel started culture wise and uh, just overall like mood around the program that that can carry over with the guys who were here last year. But that's still going to be a work in progress as you get a lot of these transfers to gel together. So so back back yeah back for now. But we need to sustain. We need some sustainability in the back. Make the tournament again this year. That's back-to-back tournament appearances. Back-to-back Great years of being point. back. Jeff Capel will really be cooking up something nice after that. I, I I worry you guys are misunderstanding my question, and I I appreciate all the the nuance and context. We are back. We're okay. Thank you. We're back. Pit we're back. Is back and back to the golden days, which we're gonna touch a little bit on on this next segment, but. First, we're going to go to an ad, and we'll be right back. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy cozy and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, Use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Us Pitt fans got some other good news this past weekend. Uh, Not so much to do with the current team, but with some players of the past. The Zoo Crew is back and they will be competing in this year's TBT, the basketball tournament. For those of you who don't know, it's a winner-take-all single-elimination basketball tournament. Uh, Winner gets a $2 million cash prize split amongst the entire roster, and basically high-level basketball, former, former collegiate players, current pros who play overseas, put together a team, and it's just one big single-elimination tournament. It's like March Madness, only they play it in July. And for those July of you madness, have, yeah. Yeah, July Madness, as everyone yeah. knows. Uh, for those of you who haven't watched the basketball tournament in the past, one, this will give you a reason to with these former pit players that we'll, we'll read off the roster here, too. Uh, but two, th- this is like very high-level basketball, and every year when it comes around, it's like the dog days of summer where the only sport on is baseball. And if you're like me, can't sit down and watch baseball games every night. Uh, it is like just unbelievably entertaining because of the way it's it's former pro former college guys current pros playing for a cash prize and like it's just such a pure form of basketball and it ends with the elam ending with if you aren't aware look that up it's basically add seven seven points to the leading team score with like four minutes left so it becomes like a pickup game where you're playing to a score instead of watching them shoot 100 free throws at the end of the game um all that to be said Super entertaining tournament, and this year Pitt will have an alumni team back in the tournament. And I saw the roster, and ten-year-old me was 
was jumping for joy. Why don't you, why don't you read it off for us, Dylan? 27 year old was jumping for joy as well. Yeah, but basically every age of, of myself. Uh, 10 might have been a little young with some of the guys on this roster. But so I'll just read it down the line. So we've got Gary McGee, Gilbert Brown, who's actually the GM of the team. Uh, Mo Gee, one year Panther. Jamel Artis, Ryan Luther, Nellie Cummings, Nike Sabanda, Greg Elliott, and Mike Young. So nine former Panthers. Oh, and I'm sorry, LeVance Fields actually was announced after the fact that he will also be joining the team. Let's go. Which the general. That was just like the cherry on top. Like, oh, we just added. Yeah, the the general to the squad. I think this team is going to be so good. I think something that's surprising to me, I watch it pretty much every year, and it's mostly the usual suspects. They come back. There's a group of guys who play overseas. They're always on the same team. DJ uh, Kennedy on Overseas Elite. He's actually yeah. like widely considered the GOAT of the TBT. Yeah. Beheim's Army, they always have former Syracuse guys. But this year's Pitt team, they have three guys that were like starters, essentially, on last year's team. So they're one year out of college. They have the youth. They're as fresh and in shape as anybody. A lot of these older guys, they probably don't train year-round. Maybe some of them play overseas still. But yeah, it's a, a youthful team and looks pretty stacked to me. I, I'm i really excited to see uh, Nike Sabande take off from the foul line and just vaporize some 40-year-old dude. Yeah, so I have seen a few people be like, wow, we have like three guys who just got playing out of college. I will say most of the really good teams in this the teams who compete for this are like basically all pros. The, there might be a, an occasional guy who uh, sells insurance now, but is now <laughs> a sharpshooter. But for the most part, like these guys are professional basketball players. So I'll be interested to see like how good and how effective Nelly, Greg, and Nike are and how much like what, what the rotations will look like this team. I mean, I, it feels like that's going to be those three and Levance are going to be the majority of the guard play. Um, but then you have Mo Gee, a guy who's been in the G League. Uh, Ryan Luther has been playing pro ball overseas. Mike Young and Jamal Artis, the same thing. So this is, I, I do think it can be a competitive team. I, I really hope so. I hope they can make a run. The thing is, this tournament is single elimination, so it can be over pretty quick. Uh, but, I, but I'm just going to be excited to see these guys back out there. What is like the breakdown of young guys fresh out of college or pretty early in their career, whether it be the G League or overseas versus like, because as, as someone who's new to this, my impression of this tournament was it was like a lot of old heads, like guys in the twilight of their career or having just retired from the NBA or other high level leagues. So what's the breakdown there? Um. I mean, I can't give you exact numbers. I don't know that, but I do know that most of these guys are like currently playing pro basketball or they're gotcha. in their off seasons. Um, but yeah, so you you have a lot of guys who are still playing for money, but like this is a this is a big payday. Like winners, I know it, at one point it was two million. I think it, then it went down to one million. I don't know what the winner take all prize is this year. I'll get confirmation. But basically, I mean, these guys are walking away with almost six-figure payday like 100 like that's not insignificant for anyone but especially guys who are making their living playing pro ball in other countries like it's, it's a nice little chunk of change to come back and win yourself 90 grand and more importantly it gives us something to care about in the dead of summer 
And so the pit team will actually be playing in the wheeling regional. So there's a very good chance that they're going to be end up at some point running into the West Virginia alumni team. So we're going to have a backyard brawl of like multiple generations of pit basketball players versus West Virginia basketball players. And if there isn't some type of scrum during that match, like the, I, I'll be surprised. That's all I'm going to say. Wait, so, so two questions. Um, one is Kevin Pitt snoggle playing. That's a good question. I'll have to check. Well, give me a second. I'm going to find West Virginia's roster. Okay. Um, that gives me time for my second question, which is you said they'll be playing in wheeling like 45 minutes away wheeling. Yeah. Like very drivable can ship it down after work. If we want to go check it out. Let's literally just go and watch and root. Yeah. I mean, that works for me. I think, I think there's a chance for a lot of pit fans. You know, if you want to get that urge to go on a little pit trip in the middle, middle of summer, perfect opportunity for you a little bit of a warm-up for football season yeah no that's i'm i'm very excited for this i like you dylan um will follow the pirates but also will not watch consecutive games um so this is this is really something for me to sink my teeth into during a time when i would otherwise be very bored yeah for sure uh, i'm having trouble finding uh, Best Virginia is actually their team name. Best Jesus Virginia. Christ. They, they got really creative there. Um, no, that's 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 the kind of reading level you would expect from a bunch of West Virginia grads. Yeah. So not finding the roster right the second. I'm, I'm hoping probably Kevin assume. Pitsnoggle isn't playing. <laughs> what? I, I hope Kevin Pitsnoggle isn't playing. Oh, I want him to play. We have we have the score to settle. We have beef. Yeah. So, yeah, but this is going to be really exciting. Um, and in honor of the tournament and the, this little mix of these throwback pit players and these guys from this past season, we're going to do our own draft. We're going to draft five guys each, a starting lineup of pit basketball players. Uh, we're going to go from 2000s on because that's really, I think, as much as we can remember at our at our young spry age. Uh, so we're going to go 2000 and on basically Howland era to the present day. Um, draft the starting five, just like we would at Mount Washington. Only there's a little different. There's five. So we're just not. Yeah. Do we, do we want to draft like positions? Like everybody needs a center. It has to be a real team. You can't have five point guards. Cause if you do, you will just lose. Probably. I, I want Aaron Gray, Dewan Blair, Chris Taft, Gary McGee, I'm just running all seven footers. Yeah. So I, I think you can draft it however you want, but it's being judged on the fact that these five will have to play together in this imaginary scenario. Gotcha. Gotcha. Also okay. assume that all are in their prime during their pit career. So they're, yes, of course they're, they're peak level of their pit careers. So that works for me. How do we want to do the draft? Who who gets the first pick? I think there's a pretty clear cut one one in this situation. So, uh, do we want to do a coin flip amongst like how 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 does this work? We never plan this ahead of time. I think that we should do this um, based on how close our birthdays are to today. Um. 
and then and then draft. Is that based. because your birthday is the closest? Uh oh, is it? Well, mine's the second closest. So, fuck it's you. Good. I don't even know when your birthday is. What month is it? It is in January. So um, okay, you don't really get a. I am not close in any scenario. You don't really get a birthday when you are created in a lab, second. right, Squid? Are you looking up your birthday right now? No. The scientist said to tell people it was. Okay, we want to do it that way. David suggested okay. it. Squid, tough, tough squash. Whatever, I'll win. David, you want the first pick? Actually, can I can I take the second pick? Because I'm not gonna lie, you shook me when you said there's a clear one-one because I was thinking of two guys, and now like you're fully in my head. I'll take one one. It's if you're really gonna defer that to me. I, I will. So you want two? I'll take two. All right. Number one, I'm going to Juan Blair. I think that's no brainer. Number one. Um obviously there's a bunch of studs on this list. Like I'm looking down, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have any of these guys. But if you're looking at that last that decade and a half of pit basketball dominance, the peak that they ever reached was the team that was led by DeWan Blair, where he was legitimately the best player in the country, in my opinion. And I, I think if if you're making a list of pit basketball greats, that list has to start with DeWan Blair each and every time. I think another big factor here is my way of judging this is all three of our teams would play each other and who would win. Yeah. I don't know if there's another guy on this list that can hang with DeWan Blair. It has a lot of great point guards. I'm not going to list them off now. You're going to have to wait and see where they fall and which order they go in. But Dwan Blair's that dude down low. So good luck guarding him. But my team will figure it out. I'm a good coach. Yeah, you're basically John Wooden. Um, yeah, so I, I figured that was going to be 1-1. But I also felt comfortable enough with this guy that whoever you left me at 2, I was going to be very happy with. Um, and so with the second pick, I will take Brandon Knight, uh, legend. Um, and I think part of it is also nostalgia has made him a giant in pit lore. And I think that the people who do not listen to this and see that list will, uh, favor that selection. Um, but he also was just incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolute yeah. general. He's the player who kind of kicked this all off, right? He yeah. was the All-American point guard for Ben Howen, who was part of the first pit teams that became pit basketball as we know it today. So, yeah, I, I, nothing wrong with that pick at all. No. All right, Squid. I'm very happy with where I'm at right now. I've got the turnaround. I'm going to take two teammates. I'm going to take first Sam Young, I think, the best pure scorer of the two thousands, the best pump fake, obviously. And similar to the Dwan Blair pick, I think the difference between the best wingman to the second best wingman is pretty big jump. I think Sam Young's head and shoulders, the best uh, forward that will be drafted. And number two, Lance fields. They got the chemistry. They've been on the same team a few years. 
Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna have you're gonna have a few lobs back doors mm-hmm. to Sam Young. Sam Young's pump fake gonna take some guys out of their shoes. And when things get tight, I have the most clutch player on my team as well. So good luck. Hard to argue with you there. Yeah, no, that was a that was a great grab, Squid. Um, really, really good. Uh, I'm I'm happy those guys get to play together again. Um, you know, that's that's a, a tough act to follow. Uh, did you guys do any preparation for this? Like even writing down names? I've got quite the draft board here. I, put, too, I put some guys in each position group that I, I knew I wanted. Gotcha, gotcha. I did no preparation for this because I just felt like that era is so ingrained in my head and there's so many great players. I, I think I could just close my eyes and pick out of a hat and and pull out a top five basketball team. So um, that is also me uh, setting expectations. So if I just get dog walked in this, I can say like, oh, I didn't get to prepare. Um, but having said all that, I'm going to go Chris Taft next. It's a big, it's a big dog down low. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you need someone to uh, bang with Dewan Blair down there. Yeah, he's on my list. I, I knew I wanted D Blair as my center if possible, but Taft was in that conversation. Like if I couldn't get him, I definitely consider him like the no-brainer second best big man in pit history. And we we've had a lot of good ones, but like. He was just unbelievable. He was no Dewan Blair. Nobody's Dewan Blair, but like, I mean, come on. He, Taft he was hurt. such a guy. I feel like Taft's, uh, Chris Taft's like legend with pit basketball kind of takes a hit because everyone feels like he left too early. Um, kind of flamed out in the NBA where, you know, he got drafted in the second round. I think he probably had some people telling him he would be a first rounder and who is who's going to pass up that money when when that opportunity is there? Um, but I, I think needed to sit down long, with Pat Narduzzi in the grand scheme of things. Right, Narduzzi would have told him to come back. Uh, but in in the grand scheme of things, like that gets that overshadows just how good he was at Pitt. He was a stud, um, dominant Big East big man, and oh, but like only played a year in the NBA. So everyone's like, ah, oh, what could have been if we would have had Chris Taft for another year? So I, I think that's a great pickup there. And now I'm coming back around, and you guys have both have your point guards. I don't have my point guard yet. I feel like I can wait on one, but I don't want to wait on him. I have two picks here, so I'm going to go with one of my all-time favorite Panthers and one of like the most iconic pit basketball players, in my opinion, is Carl Krauser. I, I want my point guard there. I want to throw up the X for me. Uh and I think, you know, if you guys are going to have Brandon Knight and LeVance Fields, I need a guy who can go toe-to-toe with him. Um, Krauser, I, I think, is probably – where's he at in, like, all, all-time points scored with Pitt? Like, he is – There's some stat. He's, like, one of the only Pitt players ever right with, now. like, 1,500 points, 500 assists, 500 rebounds, and, like, so many steals. He just did it all, unlike any other – player did everything and he played at a younger age than some of these other guys who maybe didn't get their start or getting big minutes till their junior senior years yeah i mean i'm just looking at his college basketball reference page i mean he was three straight years of essentially 15 points a game 
five assists, five rebounds. And almost like 1.5 to 1.8 steals a game over those last three years. Uh, I mean, just a junkyard dog and a guy that you want in your corner if you're going into a street fight in the Big East. So that's going to be my point guard, Carl Krauser. And then I'm going to come around and I'm going to go with some more guard play here. Or am I? Uh, I kind of threw myself off here if I want to do that. I'm going to go. Yeah, give me Brad Wanamaker. Give me a backcourt of Brad Wanamaker and Carl Krauser, and I think I can go to war with just about anyone. I've probably said this on the podcast before, but if you ever go back and watch some of those old Big East games on YouTube, no matter what year you pull up of Brad Wanamaker's career, he's just always making the right play. Whether he played six minutes or every minute of the game, the ball's in his hands, good things happen. And I'm going to stop complimenting your team. So. Also, I mean, what are you going to do? Look at it. What are you going to insult his team? We're talking about our favorite basketball players of all time. Yeah, and I was going to say, if you look at it, with all of these great college basketball players that Pitt has had, Brad Wanamaker's had one of the best pro careers of any of these guys. He played, was a stud in Europe, uh, playing over in Europe for the first, I think, five or six years after college. And the last couple of years has uh, bounced around in the NBA as well. With the Originally with the Celtics, then he was with the Warriors, and then played some with the Pacers and the Wizards. So, uh Actually, only played one game with the Wizards, but he has bounced around the NBA and made himself quite the quite the nice pro career afterwards. David, back to you. It's this is tough. This is tough. This is tough. Um, right now, you're riding with Brandon Knight and Chris Taft. Just the update. And, and that's a very strong nucleus. Um, I'm about to reach here. Uh, but when you have that kind of court general and that kind of big man, you know it would really help them alleviate the pressure? A shooter. So I'm going to go with arguably the greatest shooter in the history of pit basketball. Uh, give me Ashton Gibbs. No, that was my pick. Damn it. Let's go. Okay. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> That's a great pickup. I Probably, yeah, I'd say the best shooter I've seen put on a pick mm-hmm. uniform. I mean, Ronald Ramon was a great shooter as well. He was more of a catch-and-shoot guy, but Ashton could do it off the dribble a little bit. And guy I tried to pattern my sh- jump shot off of when I was younger, although I think it kind of just turned into me having like a weird jump shot where I lifted it behind my head and not quite over my head as uh, Ashton Gibbs did. But no, I mean, some of the best memories I have of pit basketball are Ashton Gibbs banging threes. He just had the quickest shot I've ever seen. It was like the ball was never in his hands. Like he didn't have possession of it. It touched his hands and it was up and it was in. Yeah, the, the play that always comes to mind is like, I think there was three seconds on the clock, two and a half seconds on the clock. We were down against Providence at home. I remember watching the game, like laying in bed, probably at school in the morning. It was one of those late tips and like stayed up, kept the TV on and Ashton Gibbs just pushes it 50 feet, pulls up from about 25 and just buries a three to send Providence home packing. Uh, And that's, that's one of those plays that's just ingrained in my memory. 
Squid, yep. back to you. You're riding with Sam Young and LeVance Fields at the moment. You got two picks on the turnaround here. I would have loved Ash and Gibbs. Plug him into that shooting guard spot. Great catch and shoot guy. But I have a great backup plan in that shooting guard spot. Great ball handler. Not your primary ball handler. Ash and Gibbs will, or LeVance Fields will do that. This player might be a little underrated in this draft, I think, because we're talking about them at their peak. And his peak was brief. His last year at Pitty really broke out, and that's Lamar Patterson. Wow. So I'm taking Lamar Patterson. Uh, averaged 17 points a game his last year at Pitt. There was nothing he couldn't do. He played below the rim. Everyone loved that. He was crafty, but he also was banging threes from way downtown. I always remember the one Syracuse game he went off and was just shooting beyond the zone. So I think I got a very, very strong uh, team of guards at the moment. Yeah, Lamar Patterson also, like, he was probably at his peak. Like you said, Squid, he really broke out near the end of his career. But at his peak, one of the best, outside of Sam Young, one of the best scorers Pitt basketball has seen in, in our era. And I say our era, like we are the ones playing. But, like, in our watching basketball lifetimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, his last year, what, 17 a game? Also, five rebounds, four assists, really handled a heavy part of that load. And that was that was Pittsburgh's first year uh, moving into the ACC. So, Mar Patterson, all-time great Panther, three-year starter. You got the 10th pick now, so you're riding with Sam Young, Lance Fields, Lamar Patterson. Got to get some size. There's a handful of big men that are out there, so I'm going to wait. I'm comfortable with them, but I want someone to stick in the power forward spot. This person got some size. They can also shoot. Good luck guarding my team. I'm taking Blake Kinson. Interesting. I'm not sure he's even reached his peak yet. I like it. This is his peak right now. Imagine trying to guard Lamar Patterson, Sam Young, Blake Kinson all around the perimeter. Size, shooting, athleticism. Yeah, I'm just imagining. Yeah, this you're going to be put in a tough spot because you've got Levance Fields who can find all of these guys. You've got three other guys who can catch and shoot, but then Sam Young's going to put it on the floor, and you need the help. And then Blake Henson's just hanging out like 30 feet away from the basket, catching and shooting. You've got. To, I will say you've got a tough team to guard right now. Well, it sounds like the fighting Davids need to add a little bit of defense. I'm not going to lie. No no disrespect to Blake Hinson, but I thought you were going into a different direction and that my pick was about to be spoiled. Um, so I am now booking it with draft slip in hand to the podium to select Chevy Trotman. Paired with Chris Taft, that is my answer to Dewan Blair. Um, big physical defender, one of the greatest Panthers of all time and friend of the podcast. So I was going to say, um, only guy on this list happy. so far who's been on the Loyal Sun show. So that's, that's some brownie points there. Julius Page, please answer our direct messages. Yeah, Chevy's a good pick. And funny you should say Julius Page because we've gone pretty long here. And for Julius Page to still be on the board, I, I feel like it's almost borderline disrespectful. Um, 
you know, I I need to make some moves here with these last couple picks. I'm trying to figure out the best way I'd like to play this group together. Um, but with the way basketball is played nowadays, it's so positionless. I don't I don't mind trotting out Julius Page with with Carl Krauser and Brad Wanamaker. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Julius Page with this next pick. He's going to play. We're going to play all three guards on the floor together. Uh, you know, they, they can each handle a little bit. Julius could even play on the wing a little bit. Um, athletic enough, defends well enough. I, I don't mind that at all. So give me Julius Page. Got my absolute athlete on the wing there. And to close it out, I mean, I do need some size because Dewan Blair, although no one's messing with him down in the paint, uh, our height and our length is a little is leaving a little to be desired here. So give me just a dude who is tough as nails. Can shoot it a little bit since we're gonna need some spacing, uh, given the, given our current roster. Give me Talib Zana. Talib Zana as oh. is gonna round out that front court for me. I don't think I saw that one coming. Known known guy who scared uh, Ken Birch away from Pitt. I had Zana. He was pretty low on my list, but when I thought about it, when he was at his best, he was tough. I know he had a twenty twenty game against unc that was huge we're like where did this come from he had that potential uh, he put it together his last year so not afraid to get into scrap either every team needs that yeah i mean his last year he was uh 13 eight and a half, 13 points eight and a half rebounds um a block a game 58.6 percent from the field so he, super efficient score and uh, bounced around Play played with the Oklahoma City Thunder summer league team out of Pitt. Uh, has played a good bit of pro ball, so I, I feel very comfortable adding to leave where I did. And that's going to round out my roster. So we'll we'll say them all at the end. But David, you, David, and Squid, you each got one pick left. We're going to piss some people off because we're going to have to leave some really good players off it, these rosters. It's it's going to be an all time honorable mention list. Um, However, my my only remaining hole is at uh, small forward, um, and uh, and like my colleague Squid, I think I'm going to pull from the Jeff Capel years. I'm going to go Justin Champagne with my last pick. Um, currently playing for his basketball life tonight. If you don't see the court uh, in Game Seven against the Miami Heat for the Boston Celtics, um, really just. He put that team on his back. Um, I would have killed for him to be on last year's Jeff Capel team, or really any Jeff Capel team other than the one he was on where there seemed to be some issues in that locker room that precluded them from the success I think their level of talent deserved. Um, but he was, oh, he was unbelievable. He was so good. Yeah, Champagne probably went a little too low here. I think the fact that he never played on a pit team that won anything hurt hurt his case a little bit. But yep. as an individual player, like you said, I would love to see him play on this year's team, on basically any team of the past twenty years that wasn't in like the three year stretch that or the two year stretch that he played or like the two or three years prior. So yeah. Champagne's a stud. Getting him at 14 is an absolute steal. Um, eh, I, I like where I'm at, but 
yeah, that's a that's a great pick this late. Great value pick. And Squid, you're 15, so you have a lot of the responsibility here. Basically, it's all your fault when we leave a guy off this list that shouldn't have been left off. Entirely on you. Because we were leaving him for you, clearly. Well, the, the guy, I'm thinking. Oh. We both thought you'd just be smart enough to take the guys that we're both referring to. Right, Dylan? Right. It's a lot of pressure. Well, you all passed on this player as well. We would be no. probably laughed at a little bit on Twitter if we didn't take this person because he was first team all Big East. He was the Big East tournament. He was all Big East tournament as well. He was a Wooden Award finalist. Aaron Gray. Yep. <laughs> Talk about a big dude. I have no size. I have no center. Blake Henson is currently my power forward, so I really need to go big here. And if you need a big dude, you might as well go with Perhaps, I think the biggest of dudes. Yeah, <laughs> just a huge, thick dude. He'll miss some layups, but he'll probably get the offensive rebound and go right back up with it and pad his stats. See, that was that was a difficult one for me because, you know, I said earlier I think uh, Chris Taft is the clear number two big man in pit basketball history. I think there's a little bit of a gap between him and Aaron Gray. It's just like in this hypothetical. Are they playing the modern version of today's game where Aaron Gray is a little bit useless? Um, you know, it, it, it's difficult. I, I still think he got a great pick. I, I still have very fond memories of him absolutely scalling a bunny, getting the rebound, scalling it again, getting the rebound, and finally sending one home as a team of three guys hang off his back. I'm telling you right now, my team will be... LeVance Fields, top of the three-point line. We got Lamar Patterson and Sam Young on the wings. Blake Hinson posted up in a corner, and then you got to guard all of them. They can shoot the lights out. Guard them too tight and just dump it in to the big man down low. Quick post move, buried. I like the structure of my team a lot. Yeah, you've got a squad. I think we all have squads. That's the thing. That's, and there are guys that we've left off this list. I mean, do we want to start going on our honorable mention list? Uh, yeah. Final comments. Or, all right, let's let's read off um, each of our starting lineups before we wrap up here. So I've got Dewan Blair, Carl Krauser, Brad Wanamaker, Julius Page, and Tlaib Sana. David, you've got Brandon Knight, Chris Taft, Ashton Gibbs, Chevy Troutman, and Jesse Sh- Justin Champagne. Squid's got Sam Young, LeVance Fields, Lamar Patterson, Blake Henson, and Aaron Gray. Um, all five squads would make runs in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, all five would likely break our hearts around earlier than we would think they would lose. Uh, but with that, we've got some honorable mentions, some guys we left off that we didn't want to leave off. Uh, just just start. Let's play the game of naming old guys sitting around naming old pit basketball players. Uh, Mike Young, Gary McGee. It hurt to not take him, but I think Aaron Gray was the right pick. I really wanted just a force down low on defense. I thought we'd take Ronald Ramon too. I'm surprised Ramon didn't go. I yeah. don't know if he was worthy of being drafted ahead of these guys, but I thought we would just take him. He was great shooter. I was between him and Ashton Gibbs, so you know I, he was definitely considered. How about uh... I said Mike Young? Mike Young, that's a good one. Mike uh, Mike Young averaged almost. Mike Young averaged almost 20 points a game uh, his last year at Pitt, uh, scoring at a level that no one other than Sam Young really has. Once again, kind of hurt by the fact that he played for Pitt teams that weren't really up to the standard of what we 
had had experience at that point. I mean, they were what an eight seed in the tournament his last year. Uh, this year, this last year's team was an eleven seed, and they're held in much higher regards than that eight eight seed team. But uh, yeah, average almost twenty points a game in the ACC. Pretty unbelievable. If you needed some scoring, a scoring boost on your team, he'd be a nice little addition. I think you can also throw Jamel Artis in that bucket, just of guys mm-hmm. who had the misfortune of playing for Kevin Stallings or very early in the Jeff Capel years, but were very good at basketball. Yeah. So artists, artists would not have played for Cable. He only played for Stallings, uh, Correct. Dixon and Stallings. So yeah. Yeah. Those guys on the early Capel teams, especially the Stallings team, like Cam Johnson would be nice to have. Uh, I think, Jamarius Burton. Jamal Artis averaged 18, 18 a game as last year. 18, five rebounds, three mm-hmm. and a half assists. Like played on a two-way contract with the Magic. Like, yeah, uh, another guy who is absolute was an absolute stud, but played played on the Kevin Sullins team. Like that's that's where we remember those guys. Yeah, his uh his final year pit went nineteen and fifteen. So not the worst of all time, but um yeah, we don't look back on that era fondly. Right. Another one, like this past year, Jamarius Burton. Mm-hmm. He was first team all ACC. Probably should have, very well could have won ACC player of the year. Uh, and big part of turning around this pit program. So that's a guy who was left off, who realistically, like numbers wise, was more impressive than some of these guys. But I also think a lot of these players earned some nostalgia points from us like 11 year old me was like oh that he was the best basketball player ever i thought that with like my entire team and your entire team so where does steven Steven adams Adams fall yeah there we go (laughs) where does steven adams fall in all this probably the best pro career of a panther yeah i don't even think that's debatable i don't right in our lifetime yeah, in this time frame, he's had the best pro basketball career of anyone by a lo- long margin, large margin. And but if we're going by what he did at Pitt, I mean, he was what exactly. seven point five rebounds his one and done year. Um, I think probably a victim of some expectations. People are like, oh, we're landing the number two, three recruit in the country. He's going to come in here and average 20 and 10 for us. And that's not what he was yet. But then he went on to be a lottery pick and has been playing in the NBA for like 10 years and making right million, hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's just the strongest dude not named Shaquille O'Neal to ever play in the NBA. Yeah. So we've got a whole list of guys. I feel comfortable leaving him off this list just right, for those right. facts. Um, now, if we're taking these guys at the peak of their life, of their basketball playing career, he's going a little higher because he's he's played at the highest level. Yeah, and long hair tattoo Stephen Adams is a first round pick. He he might be one one. I've got some other guys on this list that I felt probably wouldn't make it, but I feel obliged to say we anyway. have to say their names. Uh, Gilbert Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Jermaine Dixon. Uh, Tyrell Biggs, basically anyone who got any PT on the Elite Eight team just deserves an honorable mention here. Jerron Brown. Ontario Lett. Trayvon Woodall. Woodall's a... He's on the... Probably somebody that could be... You can make a case for him, even though he doesn't 
deserve to be a starter ahead of those other three guys, but you could say, oh, he would be the best floor general out of all of them, just distributing the ball. People love saying that about him nowadays. Have we said Nasir Robinson yet? No. He, another another guy who very well could be on this list. Absolute junkyard dog. Uh, LeVon Kendall. <laughs> the Canadian. Yuri Demetrius. Kareem Koulibaly. Kidding. <laughs> uh, Trey McGowan's Xavier Johnson. Just mm. kidding. That was a joke. I was joking. It was just oh, a joke. Let's get one good one, then <laughs> we can wrap this up. We can't end on those. Keith Benjamin. Good one. Antonio Graves. If we did this no, in another no, three years. Yeah, if we did this in another three years, uh, one and two would be brothers. Let's just say that. Twins, even. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun, I think, watching how, the zoo crew. How did it take us this long to do this? I think we were just, you know, waiting on the perfect opportunity. And with the with the zoo crew coming back and beating in TBT, this was the perfect opportunity. And, yeah, this was fun. I, I'm really looking forward to the TBT. I really hope they make a run because this could be a very fun, like, not it's not going to be as big of a deal as March Madness, obviously. But, like, I could see us getting a squad together to go down Archie's or something and watch uh, watch the zoo crew take on West Virginia's alumni team. And that's a perfect way to, like, get get my fix of Pitt Athletics in, in the middle of July right before spring football camp or fall football camp. And then at that point, we're riding and we're riding easy and in, into the opening game against Wofford. This is this is a godsend. We needed something to care about. We needed content desperately. Uh, needed something to assign all of our hopes and, and dreams and wishes to. And, and the universe sent us several of our favorite all-time Panthers playing in a three-on-three tournament Not 45 minutes from Not our house. Not three-on-three. It's five on five tournament. Should should have asked this. Should have asked that clarifying question when I was finding out what this was ten minutes ago. Um, Wheeling, West Virginia, forty five minutes from where we live. Yeah, it'll be fun, and I think I think we have a please in place. So please win, please win the TBT, please win yourselves a million dollars, two million, whatever the payout is this year, and uh, please beat Best Virginia. As, the, as they're calling themselves. Before we send you off on this beautiful Memorial Day, or whenever you decide to listen to this episode, uh, we've got our final thoughts, some things we want to get off our chest. Squid, let's start with you. Well, this weekend made me really remember how fun it is to have beers outside. Uh, we sat down best. for a nice evening on a patio drinking beer, after golfing outside all day in the sunshine while drinking beer. And what else do we like to do outside with beer? Tailgate. I cannot wait to tailgate pit football games. I know we are like 90 days away from that first game, but the sun, it, it reminds me of how the first week of the season usually is where it's probably like a little bit too hot for your liking, but you suck it up anyway. 
I can't wait. Where do we think uh, drinking a beer next to a football stadium ranks among places to drink a beer? I feel like this could be a Mount Washington at some point, so I don't want to like ruin that, but it's got to be up there. I would say on a boat or by mm-hmm. the beach or a pool is probably next to a body of water. Top. Yeah. Yeah, well, luckily for us, the tailgating lots are right next to the river, so we get the best of both worlds. There might not be a better place in the world to drink a beer than Gold Lot. Period. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Around a fire is good, too. Yeah, next to a truck in Gold Lot. In Axtra Stadium. I might get a crack of beer after this conversation. Yeah, um, definitely. My final thought, David, we'll leave yours for last. Uh, just wanted to call out Narduzzi being Narduzzi again. Someone asked him about Deion Sanders at Colorado. Basically pushing all these kids out the door and Narduzzi. I, I love that Narduzzi is one of the few college football coaches who I feel like will just go on record. He doesn't go hide behind an anonymous source, anonymous coach. It's just, yeah, I'm going to say this and I say what I feel and that's all there is to it. And basically said what Dion's doing is garbage and he doesn't think it's the right way to do it. You know, that you have these kids going to school there and that those become your players once you take that job. And, but Dion, you know, Dion's bringing his new luggage and it's Louie. And he, he obviously doesn't feel that it's Louie Dylan. It's Louie. He doesn't feel that those kids are his players. So I love that Narduzzi called him out. Mm. Um, we can debate whether what's right and what's wrong about it. College sports at this point, like with guys getting NIL deals and stuff, it's turning into closer and closer to pro sports. Yeah. Uh, transfer portal is becoming free agency. Um, is, so does that make it right to be able to just essentially cut a guy? Uh, I don't know. And I don't care to debate it. I just wanted to call it how awesome it is that Narduzzi's just putting that out there. Well, for starters, I think he goes on the record because if a journalist recorded and wrote a quote from Narduzzi on background, I think we'd all be able to guess who it is. Like, oh, which which coach called Lincoln Riley a cheating scumbag? Let me guess. Uh, I, I just think his way of speaking and his opinions are so recognizable that we... If they ran a quote, they'd have to do some serious editing to not make it obvious. Um, But also to his point, I agree and disagree with him, I think, um, because these kids are, you know, we call them kids, but they are adults and you've been brought in to win and Colorado was such dog shit. Like you, you can't trot that same football team out again. My real issue though, is the, apparent delight with which Dion Sanders chased these kids out. He walked in with his camera crew and recorded as he told 80 kids, you suck and I'm chasing you all out of here. And then by all accounts, he proceeded to not interact with one of them, learn zero names and have his assistants tell these kids, no, like actually leave or will I don't know what repercussions there are. Like, you'll never play it down. We can't take your scholarship, but we'll we'll do what we can to get you out of here. Just it, it was just chicken shit. 
Yeah, I'm Team Narduzzi. I, I've been pretty torn on if I want Colorado to be good with Dion or not. I think originally I was like, yeah, it'd be really cool if Dion was good and his son was starting quarterback. Like, that's a pretty cool story. But I'd also be okay if, like, Dion responds to Narduzzi and they have some type of beef and then we can just go full hater on Colorado. So, to be determined on, on where I stand there. David, final thought? The final, final thought... Um... I'm going to Europe uh, this week. One of my best friends is uh, getting married in the home country of Ireland. And uh, we decided to make uh, uh, quite a journey out of it. We're going to be going to four different countries. All that to say, I will not be on next week's show. Maybe not the one after that. And I have to not be in Pittsburgh for all the recruiting fun. Um, And it's just going to suck because... I'll be in like Amsterdam seeing the world's coolest city. And then I will step within the range of Wi-Fi and get like eight notifications from Pat Narduzzi. um, And while walking through like the red light district, just be like locked in on my phone, trying to figure out who we got and pissing off my girlfriend really, really bad. Um, So that'll be interesting, but uh, going to miss you guys. You're going to miss me. Hmm. Make some content for us over there. Maybe just walk up to a random stranger and be like, yeah, so what do you think of Phil Dracovic? And they'll respond to a different language and we can put subtitles to say he will win the Heisman or something. Guten Tag. Uh, who do you think should start at the money linebacker for the University of Pittsburgh this year? What is the best possible combination of safeties you think Randy Bates could trot out? I'm sure that will go over quite well with uh, the people of Northern Europe. Yeah, go for it. Have fun. Be careful. Don't do anything crazy. I won't, but if anything bad happens to pit football while I'm away, it's both of your fault. And I'm not coming home. Noted. All right. That's a great note to leave on. Enjoy your day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed Great Memorial Day weekend, and as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh.